Hey, my name's Alex Hamo, and welcome to Alex Listens, a podcast about philosophy and politics and race and mental health. Today, I'm going to be returning to a theme that I've returned to consistently over the past couple of years that I've been podcasting. Well, themes. There are a number of themes I'm going to be talking about today, and all of them relate to purpose and meaning and belonging and identity. And I suppose the focus of today's episode is going to be twofold. First of all, I'm going to reflect on the ways that my definitions of meaning and belonging and purpose have changed over the past 12 months. I think I've moved away from a kind of pessimism and a nihilism that kind of had haunted my late adolescence in my early 20s. I think this year, despite having been locked down for a very long time, um, my philosophy changed, my life philosophy changed. So I'm going to be reflecting on that. um, And I'll kind of, you know, be talking about some psychoanalysis um, that has been helpful for me as well. And then in the second half of the episode, I'm going to be talking about the way I'm going to be asking a question. The question is, are we becoming cyborgs? This might sound pretty wacky, but It's really not, you know, our phones are an extension of the self um, and the line between the self and the phone based self is not very clear. So that's what I'm going to be talking about in the second half of the episode, how social media is impacting, how we ought to think about social media in the context of purpose and belonging. Before we get onto the content of today's episode, if you're enjoying Alex Listens or any of the other work I do, please consider supporting the podcast. It would mean the world to me. You can do so via Patreon. It will be the equivalent of buying me a coffee a month, and it will allow me to keep making episodes more free. Second of all, you can support it through PayPal. Very easy. The link to both Patreon and PayPal will be in the bio for the episode. I am releasing some clothes and some caps. It's going to be summer. I mean, it is summer right now. It's going to be hot. So you need to be protected from that harmful UV. And I made some cool thinking caps and there are different colors. They're very cute, very, very hot. You should get some. I'm also making t-shirts, links to all of that stuff in the bio. Um, They're all made in Nam, Melbourne, all using ethical and sustainable materials. Uh, Lastly, please follow me on social media. I'm pretty, I'm very active on Instagram, pretty active on TikTok, both of them under the handle Alex Listens. So that's all. Hope you enjoy the episode. Bye bye. So here I am, a 25 year old, sitting in my friend's sunroom in Sydney. And I feel as though Every year, I reflect on how the year has been, and I get less and less clear, less and less coherent messaging from myself to myself. It's very hard to know who you are. It's very hard to know what you like doing. It's very hard to know what you don't like doing. And these things are constantly in flux. And so, the question of being, what does it mean to be? Who actually are we? This is a question that we constantly need to be asking ourselves. And I had this insight this year into the question of being. Who are we? What are we? How does it all work? And the insight I had goes something like this. For the longest time, I was some version of a nihilist. I believed that really there was no external morality, apart from maybe a very select few things, you know, some kind of basic... Um, care, some kind of basic respect that was universal. 
Um, but, you know, even that is hard to characterize and it's hard to kind of convince people that this exists. Um, so, yeah, I was a nihilist in the sense that I was quite pessimistic about the existence of an external moral code. So I didn't really think there was too much meaning outside us. And this was in my you know, late teens, early 20s until maybe the age of 22. Since then, I've kind of cheered up a bit, got on antidepressants, um, which has been a lot of fun. Um, and I have been able to be, been able to view the world through a more, um, I guess, hopeful filter. Um, and this has really impacted the way I answer and the way I think about questions of meaning, identity, being, belonging. And so I'd like to reflect on the changes that I've had this year. I think that's what this episode is going to be about. So first of all, what does it mean to be? Okay, big question, very difficult question to answer. One big change that I've made this year is kind of one kind of key change in my thinking is in some sense um, a resignation. It's a resignation and a kind of acquiescence to being, to what it means to be. Now, what do I mean by this? I think in the past, if you asked me a few years ago what it means to be, I would have kind of gone on this kind of incoherent ramble about you know, being authentic, trying to configure your own moral code, trying to, you know, get in touch with who you really are and trying to allow that to be expressed. But I've kind of dropped all of this. Um, and I think now I have a very simple answer to the question of what it means to be. Um, I think what it means to be is to ask that question constantly. To ask yourself, what am I? What kind of being am I? What is my experience? Um, and what it means to be is to be able to be comfortable with the answer that you find, whether or not you find an answer. Um, and to continually ask yourself this question again and again and again, and to be comfortable with what you find, with what either your mind is telling you or your body is telling you or the world around you is telling you. And I think I like this understanding of being because it encourages me to be more comfortable with change and to welcome change and to recognize change as a fundamental feature of what it means to be a person and to be a thing. And especially if you're someone who is you know, a perfectionist, if you're someone who is trying to control things, it's very important to recognize the kind of uh, very unstable nature of the world and the fact that it is impossible to be in control and in charge and guiding the narrative of your life. Um, this is this is an impossible objective. Um, there's some interesting psychoanalysis about this. You know, for example, Lacan, French psychoanalyst, he talks a lot about um, you know kind of goal setting and um, trying to figure out the ideal relationship between your present self and your future self. Um, he says something like this. He's got this theory, which was very important in my thinking. It's called the object cause of desire. And Lacan says something like, when you're trying to figure out what version of yourself you want to become, you should never allow yourself to actually become that version of yourself 
Because if you do, if you set a goal that you can actually achieve, you will lose the capacity to desire to become more. Um, so I guess this is something that's been very influential for me. And the link to what I was saying before is that um, when you are not comfortable with change um, and when you are trying to set goals and trying to achieve them all, it can crush you. And there are many reasons why it can crush you. I just gave you a psychoanalytic explanation. It can crush you because when you're setting goals and, you know, by chance you achieve them, you're crushed because what you're losing is the capacity to desire to become more because the desire to become more is tied up in the capacity to envision a future and different and developed version of yourself. So change, embracing the fact that change is a fundamental component of what it means to be. One thing that I have reflected on a lot in the later months of this year. Now, so change is a central part of what it means to be. Another part of what it means to be, especially today in the Western world, when we are so kind of, when our lives bleed into, when our lives in the real world bleed into our lives online and there is essentially no clear divide or no coherent divide between the real world and the online world, one thing that it means to be is to be this kind of cyborg creature where we have a mobile phone that is some kind of extension of the self. And it's an extension of the self that is in some ways an accurate reflection of who we are, but in many ways is a very confusing or the, f the mobile phone and the laptop, these things reflect a very confusing uh, a confusing fact about modern life, which is that we, you know, we are constantly subjected to advertising. Um, we are guided by a particular algorithm and these things are going to take away or make us feel as though we are not really in control of what it means to be. Um, what do I mean by this? Okay. So you're on TikTok and you're scrolling. And there's a very interesting phenomenological experience that often happens to me. I begin to forget to breathe. I begin to tense muscles in my body that I don't usually tense. I forget to drink. I forget to eat. And my body, my mind is becoming so enmeshed and woven in the online experience that I begin to lose touch with what it means for me to be. And I essentially yield to the online identity that I have forged or the online information that is being presented to me and the the line between my embodied world my embodied experience and my online experience this divide disappears and along with it i lose many of us lose our basic bodily concerns and needs we forget to drink we forget to eat we forget to breathe we forget to fix our posture we forget to go on a walk we forget to socialize and this is obviously horrifying, um, but it's also, you know, can also feel very nice because we know that, you know, social media, the algorithm is essentially one prolonged, elongated, protracted serotonin and dopamine hit. And so it feels great, even though you're kind of suffocating and starving and you're extraordinarily dehydrated. Um, but we need to we need to 
think about what this new cyborg version of ourselves means existentially, because we are no longer these, we are less kind of self-contained than we once were um, because of technology. Technology has, there's a, uh, an essay or a book by Donna Haraway called The Cyborg Manifesto. I recommend you read it if you're interested in this kind of stuff. But it seems like social media and technology has impacted the question of what it means to be in the sense that we aren't what we once were. We are now these kind of cyborg creatures. We exist online. And at the same time, we exist in the real world. And if there was once, you know, an identity that we had that was kind of rooted in this world, clearly rooted in this world, I don't believe it's there for many of us. Um, our online identity is our real identity um, in the sense that it affects us so deeply, so profoundly, our interests, our concerns, um, our motivations, our aspirations, our hopes and our dreams, all of these things, while they are impacted by the real world, by family, friends, relationships, maybe in a more kind of uh, explicit way they're impacted in the real world, and in a very covert and kind of clandestine and opaque way, they are, they can be impacting us online, advertising, um, you know, kind of seeing photos, um, suggestions, um, the relationship between ourselves and the number of followers we have. Um, all of these kind of things guide and shape us. And obviously, none of, I'm not saying anything new here. But I think, that, I think that this year I have begun to ask myself, I've begun to push myself to think about what it means to be as this kind of future-oriented thing, this kind of cyborg creature that has this presence on the internet um, and whose presence on the internet cannot be clearly differentiated and distinguished from our existence, my existence in the real world. So thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next episode of Alex Listens. All the best.